let's get ready to study God's Word. Greetings to one and all. Welcome to another episode of Rightly Divide the Word of Truth. This is Andrew S. Baker, and it's time for another devotional study. Please be sure to visit us at biblestudy.asbzone.com, where you can find links to our previous episodes and various Bible study resources. Let's have a word of prayer before we get into our study. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for the privilege of prayer and Bible study. Lord, we don't appreciate this as much as we should. We ask you now that you'll grant unto us wisdom and understanding as we enter into your word and help that we will rightly divide your words of truth and that we can learn something important from what we will read. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Today's study is entitled, the hope of glory. And our passage, our verse for today is Colossians 1 verse 27, which says, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. the hope of glory. As is typical, if you've been on this channel for any length of time, you've certainly heard me say this before, when you're quoting Paul, you need to try and get a whole sentence. And our memory verse is not a whole sentence. It's not the beginning of a sentence and it's not the end. The sentence that this belongs to starts in verse 21. So we're going to go to verse 21 and go all the way through 29, and we're going to explain this hope of glory. The Bible uses the term hope, particularly in the New Testament, to indicate something you're looking forward to with longing. The interesting thing about hope, the word isn't used the same way as we use it today. Right. When we say things like, I hope the weather will be nice on Sunday because we're going to go out to the park. Or we say things like, oh, I hope the bus comes on time. These are things that we would like to have happen. We have no clue whether or not they will happen. And there's no faith inherently involved in it. You're just kind of expressing what you would like to have happen, what you wish would occur. And and that's where you are with hope. But biblically, the word hope is very different. Hope is something you're looking forward to that you don't have a definitive time frame for, but it is something you know is happening. You believe it because of other reasons. So in scripture, the blessed hope, which is the second coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the blessed hope is a fact. We know it's going to happen. We don't have timing for it. 
not not in a very specific sense, right? We know when it is near, but we don't know the exact date, day nor hour or year for those who would nitpick on that one. But the blessed hope and the things that we hope for in Scripture are things that are not yet manifest, but for which we have an assurance from God that they are going to happen. And it's because of our faith in God that we accept that this thing is coming that we would like to see come, that we want to see come. But we know it's coming. It's not just an an isolated wish. Okay, so bear that in mind. The hope of glory is not, ooh, I hope that I can be saved. I hope that there's glory. I hope that there's a, a, a life after. Right? It's not that caliber of hope. That's how the word is used today, but that's not how it was used in the past. So let's start at verse 21 of Colossians chapter 1. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death, to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Okay, pause. That's verses 21 and 22. So you, being the Colossians that Paul is speaking to, having made peace through the blood of his cross, is what it says in in 20. So we're talking about Christ. All right? Talking about Christ. Christ, who has reconciled the Colossians, um, he's reconciled the whole world to him, but Paul is speaking to the Colossians. In the body of his flesh, through death, right? Speaking of the crucifixion. And then it says in verse 23, If ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, right? Hope is substantive. Which ye have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under the heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister, who now rejoice in my sufferings for you, and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. Right? So, Paul is referencing the fact that the body of Christ is the church. Verse 25. Whereof I am made a minister. So Christ, so Paul has been made a minister of the church. According to the dispensation of God, meaning the Father, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus, whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. Okay. What is Paul saying here? Verse 21, 
He is reminding them, these Gentile believers, that they used to be apart from God. They used to be at enmity with God. And they were doers of wicked works. But God reconciled them through the sacrifice of Christ. And the purpose that God has in that is that he will present them holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. So Christ's sacrifice is intended to make Christ's people holy. It's intended to take away our wickedness and give us the power over sin and give us a life of victory over sin. Verse 23, if ye continue in the faith grounded and settled and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under the heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. Verse 23 is important because it tells us that there's no such thing as once saved, always saved. We are to abide in Christ. Christ said that in the book of John. There's ample counsel that salvation is a state you are placed in by Christ, but you need to remain in by uniting with Christ. Okay? If you continue in the faith, he will present you holy and blameless and unreprovable in his sight if you continue and are not moved away. And that's why Paul has been ordained by God as a minister. And Paul rejoices in his sufferings for the Colossian believers. That's verse 24. He fills up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ. He is happy to be a co-laborer with Christ and a co-sufferer in ministry for the sake of the body of Christ, which is the church. Okay? So Paul was made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to Paul for the believers to fulfill the word of God. Now here's the interesting part, verse 26. Even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. What Paul is explaining here is that the full understanding of how the gospel saves was not clear and evident throughout all recorded time. The method of salvation, the means by which we would be saved, was revealed steadily. And people understood that they needed to be aligned with God. But the, the gist of salvation was not manifest until the death of Christ. And, and the reason, death and resurrection. And the reason for that is, it's hard to explain, right? It's hard to explain. Now that Christ came and lived a perfect life, and everybody had an opportunity to see that. They got to see the manifestation of someone completely aligned to God. Then it became apparent that having that in you was the only way to replicate what Christ had done. 
Okay. So it was a mystery how someone could be aligned that way. It was a mystery. Not that it was never done. Enoch walked with God, right? But in terms of being able to replicate it and to understand what it is that is happening, it was a mystery, but now it's manifest. And it's manifest because God wants his church, his people to understand it because we have to do it. Right? To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery. And the riches is because it's all about Christ. It's all about the gift of Christ and the gift of the Holy Spirit poured out upon us to enable us to accomplish this. Right? And what is the mystery? Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's how we are able to look forward by faith with longing to the time where everything gets resolved, where sin is held in check and then destroyed, where we are given glorified bodies. We can see God as he is. We can be reunited with all of those who who have lost their lives for the gospel's sake. That comes about because of the indwelling Christ. And that's what, in verse 28, Paul says, whom we preach, Christ in you, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. So again, verse 27, very similar to verse 23. Right? Warning everyone and teaching them that they may be presented perfect in Christ. Perfect, mature, fulfilled, grown up to that full status and stature. Verse 29 Where unto I also labor. So Paul is saying, All of this I was given. I was given instruction, a mandate, a commission to communicate this to the Gentiles. And I labor striving according to his working. Right? It is God that worketh in you. Right? Striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. The hope of glory. It's not a wish. It's not a dream. It is something that we know is happening, that we know is coming. And we just continue to keep it in our hearts, eager for that time to come. May God grant unto us not only wisdom, but perseverance. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. We need to be persevering. We need to be looking forward to this grand event, this culmination of all of our hopes and dreams, this culmination of everything that we have been looking forward to since Scripture was presented. And even before, you know, I was going to say since it was written, but the truth is what we see recorded in Genesis chapter 3, 
when God pronounces that that sin will ultimately be destroyed. We've been longing for this from the time that sin entered. The remedy was pronounced. And there was some mystery around the remedy in the beginning, but now, post-Christ's coming first time, that mystery is revealed. And God's people need to get it and understand it and experience it and share it. Colossians 1.27 says, To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Let's close with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your mercy and your goodness to us. We want to thank you for this passage and for this encouragement, this exhortation. Help us, Lord, that we'll take it seriously, that we will pray earnestly for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit to live in accordance with what is presented here. And when time shall be no more, please save us in your kingdom, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. You can reach us via email at biblequestions at asbzone.com. We look forward to hearing from you, whether you have questions, comments, suggestions, or concerns. We also recommend that you check out the True Wisdom podcast, where Robert and I discuss Bible stories and topics together. Both of these podcasts can be found on over a dozen platforms, including Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Spotify. Please remember our ministries in your prayers. Until we meet again next time, may God richly bless you as you prayerfully study and share His Holy Word. Amen.